In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, the Lord be with you. Welcome to morning celebration of Mass. And at the beginning of this Mass, may I wish all of you a very happy, peaceful and joy joyful Easter day. Today we celebrate the Feast of the Resurrection. And of course, through the Resurrection, to each of us comes the new life that Jesus grants us. As we celebrate this new life, we once again ask forgiveness for the times in which we have not lived it. I confess to Almighty God and to you, my brothers and sisters, that I have greatly sinned in my thoughts and in my words, in what I have done and in what I have failed to do, through my fault, through my fault, through my most grievous fault. Therefore I ask, Blessed Mary, ever-Virgin, all the angels and saints, and you, my brothers and sisters, to pray for me to the Lord our God. And may Almighty God have mercy on us, forgive us our sins and bring us to everlasting life. Lord, have mercy. Christ, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. Let us pray. 
O God, who on this day, through your only begotten Son, have conquered death and unlocked for us the path of eternity, grant, we pray, that we who keep the solemnity of the Lord's resurrection may, through the renewal brought by your Spirit, rise up to the light of life. We ask this through Christ our Lord, your Son, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, one God for ever and ever. A reading from the Acts of the Apostles. Peter addressed Cornelius and his household. You must have heard about the recent happenings in Judea, about Jesus of Nazareth and how he began in Galilee after John had been preaching baptism. God had anointed him with the Holy Spirit and with power. And because God was with him, Jesus went about doing good and curing all who had fallen into the power of the devil. Now I, and those with me, can witness to everything he did throughout the countryside of Judea and in, in Jerusalem itself, and also to the fact that they killed him by hanging him on a tree. Yet three days afterwards, God raised him to life and allowed him to be seen, not by the whole people, but only by certain witnesses God has chosen beforehand. Now, we are those witnesses. We have eaten and drunk with him after his resurrection from the dead. And he has ordered us to proclaim this to the people and to tell them God has appointed him to judge everyone, alive or dead. It is to him that all the prophets bear witness, that all who believe in Jesus will have their sins forgiven through his name. The Word of the Lord. A reading from the letter of St Paul to the Colossians. 
Since you have been brought back to true life with Christ, you must look for the things that are in heaven, where Christ is, sitting at God's right hand. Let your thoughts be on heavenly things, not on things that are here on earth, because you have died, and now the life you have is hidden with Christ in God. But when Christ is revealed, and he is your life, you too will be revealed in all your glory with him. The Word of the Lord. The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to John. It was very early on the first day of the week and still dark when Mary of Magdala came to the tomb. She saw that the stone had been removed from the tomb and came running to Simon Peter and the other disciple, the one Jesus loved. They have taken the Lord out of the tomb, she said, and we don't know where they have put him. So Peter set out with the other disciple to go to the tomb. They ran together, but the other disciple, running faster than Peter, reached the tomb first. He bent down and saw the linen cloths lying on the ground, but he did not go in. Simon Peter, who was falling now, came up, went right into the tomb saw the linen cloths on the ground, and also the cloth that had been over his head. This was not with the linen cloths, but rolled up in a place by itself. And then the other disciple, who had reached the tomb first, also went in. He saw, and he believed. Till this moment, they had failed to understand the teaching of Scripture, that he must rise from the dead. The Gospel of the Lord. A few days before the lockdown and the restric restrictions that came with it, I went to visit a man in prison. If you've ever been in prison, you'll know that they're not very nice places. Everything and everything, everyone is locked up. The prisoners, of course, but also those guarding them are locked in as well. Prisoners, believe it or not, can spend 23 hours in their cells, even when they're not uh, tried and not convicted. The day itself comprises of this long period in the cell, a short space of time in the exercise yard, time to wash, 
and all their meals are taken in the cells. And the cells themselves are small and cramped and very often occupied by two people, two strangers often, and two people very often who turn out not to be too friendly with one another. In prison, there are plenty of people with different troubles, mental ill health and serious drug addictions, which of course create great problems with dealing with them. The prisoners and the prison wardens play a kind of cat and mouse game, very often trying to outwit each other. The loss of personal freedom is a very painful punishment. Very often we take our freedom for granted and that ability to do what we want and to do it when we want to do it until of course it's taken away. You can't imagine sometimes how difficult that is. Strangely there is in a sense a sense in which we have all been locked down and locked up in these past few weeks, rather akin to being in prison. The restrictions placed on us because of the virus have meant that those freedoms that we very often take for granted have been taken away from us. To walk freely, to go where we want, to visit friends and family, to work, to socialise. The restrictions placed on us, of course, are for our own safety and also for the safety of others. But as time goes by, they can seem very harsh. We've never known that kind of experience, most of us, where you're expected to stay at home, where you're not permitted to go out except for a necessity or to have a short walk. It is akin to being in prison, added to which you really don't know when you're going to get out and what it'll be like when you actually get out. A few weeks ago when I visited that man in prison, I didn't know that many throughout the world uh, would be in the same circumstances. It's reckoned about half the world's population are in those similar circumstances now in just a short space of time. At Easter, our eyes are turned towards the tomb of Jesus. And if you like, it also is like a prison. And instead of locks and keys, over the tomb of Jesus there is placed a massive stone. The stone is there, not because they thought anyone would be coming out, but rather to stop anyone getting in. In ancient times, graves were regularly robbed for pressure, precious possessions that might have been left there uh, with the person who had died. It was also a safety device too, to stop animals, wild animals, scavenging and gaining entry into the tomb. It is, of course, the ultimate prison. No one is getting out and no one is getting in. What we hear today at the Easter Mass is that the stone itself is rolled away and the person who was laid within, namely Jesus, is no longer there. He was certainly there before. His body had been taken down from the cross and laid in this place. 
cut, scarred, bruised, bleeding. And it was, as we hear, a rush burial because of the Sabbath that was about to take place. What we know is that the stone is firmly uh, uh, rolled across the entrance and further to that, to make it even more secure, guards are placed around it. The stone is rolled away. The body that is within is no longer there. That's what we hear. And the woman Mary, who comes, sees the stone rolled away and of course runs to tell the apostles what she's seen. And they in turn also come to see the tomb itself and look in and see the rolled up cross lying to the one side. At least one of the disciples, he tells us, believed, but confesses that they were slow to understand what rising from the dead really meant. Tombs are the ultimate prison. Those going in, there's no one going in. Those going in are not coming out. So it was for Jesus. The rock, the large rock, this immovable rock, said that he was not coming out and would never be coming out. But the Easter message is, of course, exactly the opposite. A stone is rolled away, and the one held captive there is no longer within. That stone, no matter how heavy it was, no matter how large it was, could never hold the one who was in this tomb. No one can imprison the Son of God. On Easter Day, the tomb is empty. The one who was once there is no longer there. This tomb, the ultimate prison, which holds prisoners, is now open. The thing that signifies death no longer brings death, but is opened, and through it all of us are set free. Easter is exactly about this, not about death, but about life, about a new life. The stone, massive and immovable, has been rolled away, and all of us with and in the risen Christ receive a new life and are set free. It would be easy to think with the restrictions placed on us that we are in some sort of prison in these days. But the whole Easter story tells us that we can never be in prison because the Lord by his resurrection has set us free. The stone rolled across the tomb has been rolled away. We are free to think, free to act, free to believe, free to trust, free to hope and free to love. We're not prisoners any longer in the tomb. We are set free by the grace of God. Today, especially on this Easter day, we can feel that sunlight upon us and we can breathe that fresh air of people who are set free to be the children of God. 
There are all sorts of prisons, as you know, that we very often find ourselves in life. But the Easter message says that we are always set free. That the stone is rolled away and we can leave the darkness behind us. On Easter we realise that there is everything to believe in, everything to hope in, and every possibility to love. We are set free once again from the darkness of the tomb, as on that first Easter day, light flooded into that place. In these days of uncertainty, this Easter day comes to us to bring us light and hope and promise of present and future joy. In these days in which we are very often afraid and unsure, we feel once again the warmth and the joy that the Lord brings us at Easter. The tomb is empty, the stone is rolled away. There's no longer any need to fear anything. There is a new life. There is joy and hope and love and peace. That first Easter day when the dawn came up was a new day in every, day, in every way. And on this day we celebrate that new life that has been given to us. Dear brothers and sisters, through the Paschal Mystery we have been buried with Christ in baptism so that we may walk with him in a newness of life. And so now our Lenten observances is concluded. Let us renew the promises of holy baptism by which we once renounce Satan and his works and promise to serve God in his holy Catholic Church. And so I ask you, do you renounce Satan and all his works and all his empty promises? And do you believe in God, the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth? And do you believe in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, born of the Virgin, suffered death and was buried, rose again from the dead and is seated at the right hand of the Father? And do you believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body and life everlasting? And may Almighty God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has given us new birth by water and the Holy Spirit and bestowed on us forgiveness of our sins, keep us by his grace in Christ Jesus our Lord for eternal life. With confidence we make our prayers to our Heavenly Father for all our needs. For all who are suffering from the virus, that they may quickly recover and be well again. For all who have to remain at home because of age or ill health, that they may have strength to endure the loneliness and isolation of these days. For all nurses, doctors and carers 
of those who are sick. That God may continue to give them the grace to do their work with patience and compassion. For all of us who are under the restrictions, that we may persevere so as to be healthy and to allow others to remain healthy too. And for those who have lost a family member or a friend to the virus, that God may grant them consolation in this time of loss. And for Pope Francis and all who lead the church, that we may all realise our vocation to be a church without walls and to be the living body of Christ in the world. For those who are worried about jobs and bills and the future at this time, that their faith may give them confidence to meet the challenges. And for all who have died and all that we're asked to remember. Heavenly Father, on this special day of joy and peace, we ask you to listen to all our prayers, which we make with ever-growing confidence, through Christ our Lord. Amen. And pray, dear brothers and sisters, that my sacrifice endures may be acceptable to God, the Almighty Father. Exultant with paschal gladness, O Lord, we offer this sacrifice 
by which your church is wondrously reborn and nourished. Through Christ our Lord. The Lord be with you. Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It's truly right and just, our duty and our salvation, at all times to claim you, Lord, but on this day, above all, to laud you yet more gloriously when Christ our Passover has been sacrificed. For he is the true Lamb who has taken away the sins of the world. By dying he has destroyed our death, and by rising restored our life. Therefore, overcome with paschal joy, every land, every people exults in your praise, and even the heavenly powers with the angelic hosts sing together the unending hymn of your glory as they acclaim. You are indeed holy, O Lord, the fount of all holiness. Make holy, therefore, these gifts, we pray, by sending down your Spirit upon them like the dewfall, so that they may become for us the body and blood of our Lord Jesus Christ. At the time he was betrayed and entered willingly into his passion, he took bread and, giving thanks, broke it and gave it to his disciples, saying, Take this, all of you, and eat of it. For this is my body, which will be given up for you. In a similar way, when supper was ended, he took the chalice, and once more, giving thanks, he gave it to his disciples, saying, Take this, all of you, and drink from it. For this is the chalice of my blood, the blood of the new and eternal covenant, which will be poured out for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. Do this in memory of me. The Mystery of Faith Therefore, as we celebrate the memorial of his death and resurrection, we offer you, Lord, the bread of life and the chalice of salvation, giving thanks that you've held as worthy to be in your presence and minister to you. Humbly we pray, 
but sharing in the body and blood of Christ, we may be gathered into one by the Holy Spirit. Remember, Lord, your church spread throughout the world. Bring her to the fullness of charity, together with Francis, our Pope, Joseph, our Bishop, and all the clergy. Remember also our brothers and sisters who have fallen asleep in the hope of the resurrection and all who have died in your mercy. Welcome them into the light of your face. Have mercy on us all, we pray, that with the Blessed Virgin Mary, Mother of God, Joseph, her spouse, the blessed apostles, and all the saints who have pleased you throughout the ages, we may merit to be coerced to eternal life and may praise and glorify you through your Son, Jesus Christ. Through him and with him and in him, O God Almighty Father, in the unity of the Holy Spirit, all glory and honour is yours for ever and ever. We pray with confidence to God our Father in the prayer that Jesus has taught us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. And deliver us, Lord, we pray, from every evil, and graciously grant peace in our days. That by the help of your mercy, we may always be free from sin, and safe from all distress, as we await the blessed hope and the coming of our Saviour, Jesus Christ. Lord Jesus Christ, who said to your apostles, Peace I leave you, my peace I give you. Look not on our sins, but on the faith of your church, and graciously grant her peace and unity in accordance with your will, who live and reign for ever and ever. The peace of the Lord be with you always. Behold the Lamb of God. Behold him who takes away the sins of the world. Blessed are those called to the supper of the Lamb. Lord, I'm not worthy that you should enter under my roof, but only say the word, and my soul shall be healed.
Let us pray. Look upon your church, O God, with unfailing love and favour, so that renewed by these paschal mysteries, she may come to the glory of the resurrection. Through Christ our Lord. Just before the final blessing, just to wish you all again a very joyful, uh, peaceful Easter day. Um, and of course, goes without saying, we've never quite had an Easter day quite like this one. Uh, but I do wish you uh, joy and peace in your own homes and amongst your own families as well. And I ask you especially uh, to remember all of the sick in your prayers at this time and everyone that cares for them. I'm sure you're kind of looking at me today and wondering what in heaven's name is Father got in his head. Well, it's not a new kind of piece of priestly vestments uh, today. Uh, last night, uh, just before the vigil mass began, uh, Something fell down on my, my head, uh, even a big kind of gash right across the head here. It's gonna goes right across it. The only problem was that it was the cross that fell on me. Uh, so um, I don't know if that was a sign uh, from someone up above uh, telling me anything. Uh, but the nurse came well after the uh, during the mass. And unfortunately, it was it was still profusely bleeding. Uh, so I was a bit kind of distracted as it kind of ran down the back of my neck uh, and occasionally down the front of my face as well so um, I, the nurse came after it and, and she thought uh, fortunately uh, she said not to go to the hospital but kind of got it all fixed up and gave me this enormous bandage uh, plaster I was kind of saying maybe she could get me a smaller one but I think that was the only one she had in her bag, so I'm afraid I've got this big thing on my head, which looks pretty awful. Um, I don't know if you remember me mentioning, though, that I was talking the other day there about sharing the, 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 in, in the cross and, and sharing the mystery of the cross in our lives and the, as, as a priest as well, but I didn't know that I'd be getting an instant kind of affirmation of that. Not only would I be getting the cross, but I'd be getting it right on top of my head. So I don't know what sign that was. I'll have to I'll have to think about that a wee while. Anyway, uh, have a great day uh, today and uh, hope you have very blessings of peace on you uh, today. The Lord be with you. And may Almighty God bless you, Father, Son and Holy Spirit. Go forth in peace. Alleluia, alleluia. <laughs>